What is up and welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing and alongside me once again, this time for episode 146, I believe, Mr. Dominic Jose Bazonio. Dom, how are we doing? Doing well. The uh, the air is a little better today. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, air quality is improving. We have gone from uh, uh, dangerous to moderate, I think yeah, is the quote I saw. Which so. is, I think, always what you're aiming for with air. <laughs> um, but uh, no, yeah, do, doing well. Lots to talk about. So looking forward to that. Yes, uh, we will get into that. This is, pro- this is probably it for the air quality talk here on the show, but we will get into a lot of soccer. Of course, we are presented by SodaSoccer.com, your home for soccer coverage in the North. Uh, info on Minnesota United, uh, bits on Minneapolis City, Minnesota Aurora, and everything going on in the lower league scene as well. So make sure you're checking us out, SOTASoccer.com. And make sure while you're here to leave the podcast a thumbs up. Leave us a, you know, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. Follow the podcast if you haven't. Um, leave us a rating and review if you haven't. All of that helps us out exponentially. And also follow us on the socials at Soda SOT at or uh, Soda SOC, excuse me. That's at SOTA SOC on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to take that next step and directly support our work, directly support what we're doing here on the website and in the podcast and all the content that we're putting out, make sure you're subscribing to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash soda soccer you become a patron for as low as three dollars a month but in those five and ten dollar tiers you get some exclusive bonus content some ufc training bits some match day bits and things like that so make sure you're checking us out once again s-o-t-a soccer.com and patreon.com slash soda soccer let's jump into the headlines here dom of course we're going to start with minnesota united as we always do uh, we got some transfer rumors and uh, official announcements to get to. Uh, you know, there was a friendly last night, but we're going to start it off with the 2-2 draw on the road against RSL on Saturday. Minnesota goes up 2-0 in the first half, thanks to goals from Hassani Dotson and Emmanuel Reynoso. Um, then heading into the 79th minute, RSL gets their first goal. Masovsky gets one back. And then Justin Glad equalizes basically on the final kick of the game. 90 plus eight. RSL gets the equalizer. Uh, Go from 2-0 to 2-2, a draw that very much feels like a loss, even though it is on the road against a playoff positioned opponent. Dom, your initial thoughts. Yeah, uh, you know, I I think to to that final point you just made, I think this is a a point on the road that on paper is a really good point on the road, but because of Mm -hmm. how it plays out, obviously it, it feels less good. Um, you know, a really strong start from Minnesota United, uh, up two nil at, at halftime, two good goals. You see Manuel Reynoso continuing to, to return to the team and, and have a really, uh, good first half first start, um, in a long time. Uh, so you, you have a good thing there. You have St. Ben, you know, getting involved in the attack in a good way as well, assisting his goal. Sonny Dotson has, does a good job of getting sort of a gritty close range goal with his, uh, has his initial shot, uh, deflected, gets back on it scores second chance uh so you know a, a good first half really all, all things said and done and, and then obviously in the second half you see rsl right out of halftime make a lot of adjustments making substitutions shifting things around mm-hmm. uh looking for a way back into the game and, and they have the patience to find it you know in those last what you know 15 minutes um whatever 20 minutes i guess with all the added time mm-hmm. um and, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, I, I, there are definitely aspects of the defending of the two goals that could have been better, uh, with a 98th minute goal of that kind, to some degree, 
it's hard to know what to expect from defenders yeah. um, in that situation. Uh, you know, obviously everybody is incredibly drained. The defenders are, are, are going to have more minutes in their legs than most of the attackers around them at that point, particularly because of the way RSL used their substitutes. Um, so, you know, to some degree, you, 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 you don't want to be too harsh. Um, but, you know, the defending was poor on the, on the two goals. It was. Um, it could have been better. Minnesota not quite doing enough really to defend that lead. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it takes until the 98th minute to find that equalizer. And, and so you, you do feel bad for, for the defense that, that kept the lead alive as long as it did. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think it's a game that had some really good highlights, some tough lowlights. I, I definitely don't think it's by any means the worst game we've seen this team play recently. I think Correct. it was a solid performance often, uh, more often than not. And uh, I guess the, the, yeah, again, the silver linings are you take home a point from the road from a team that's competing for the playoff spots. And you see players like Emmanuel Reynoso, St. Ben, um, getting further involved in the attack, getting goals created. Um, that, that at least bodes well, I think, for the long term. Yeah, and there's, yeah, as you just mentioned, there's positives and negatives to take away. I think the frustration comes in the way the match played out over the last 20, 25 minutes. Um, you know, you take off attacking players for defenders and you basically decide as, as Heath has done numerous times in the past, kind of his calling card to when his team has a lead bunkers in parks, the bus, if you will, and just hopes to see it through. That's not an uncommon tactic, by the way. Um, you know, that's not specific to Adrian Heath. That's not specific to even a certain handful of managers. That's a very common tactic to use late in games is, you know, just bunker down, bring in all the defenders you can and see out the lead that way. Um, problem is with Minnesota, it seems to work against them more than it works for them. Um, I believe this is, um, I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I do believe this is the fifth time this season that they have, um, conceded from a winning position or conceded from an advantageous position. So given up a tying or winning goal, uh, in the 79th minute or later this season. Um, so you have to wonder if maybe a different strategy would bring a different result. If keeping those attacking players on and pressing for a third, as opposed to trying to see out uh, a lead, whether it's a goal or two would be a more, um, a more uh, successful would provide a more successful outcome for the team. I think that's a legitimate argument to be had. Um, but you do like to see this team get multiple go- goals on the board, get a crooked number on the board, look pretty, look, you know, for the most part, pretty good in attack, especially in that first half. It's the first time they've scored multiple goals in a half in the first half um, in an MLS match this season. Um, so there are, you're right, Dom, there are positives to take away. Amino Reynoso's performance. I thought, you know, him being injected back in his first start back, I thought he was magnificent. And I do think it provides a lot of potential for what this attack can do with him back in the, in the fold, especially with a certain striker that's joining the team, uh, in July, which we will get to in just a minute. Uh, but I think, yeah, you leave with a really sour taste in your mouth, but at least from an attacking perspective, you you leave that match feeling a little bit more confident about what this team might be able to do moving forward. Problem is now you this is a, a continues a run of of ineffective results, ineffective performances for Minnesota. They now find themselves twelfth in the Western Conference at the time of recording here. Um, only a handful of points, over I think four points below the playoff line. But still, you're kind of in you're you're in or close to that basement of the Western Conference now. 
as you head into the second half of the season. Now you're into the second half of the season. Um, we've seen how streaky this Minnesota team can be. So maybe uh, they get a few wins and they get themselves right back above the line and we're feeling good about where they are. But, you know, as of right now, the, from a positioning standpoint, it seems like a little bit of a hole to try to dig themselves out of. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately there's quite a few teams in the Western conference that are starting to pick things up, put pieces together. I mean, RSL to some degree, an example of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, Portland comes to mind as a team that, that, you know, another team that's kind of in that mix, kind of trying to figure things out. Of course, that's, that's who Minnesota United play next. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it's a difficult place to find yourself in the good news, as you noted, is that at the end of the day, the points gap between a lot of these teams is quite narrow. Uh, and, and so there is ground to be made. Uh, but yeah, you know, you you find yourself on the wrong side of a of a playoff battle, and and that's that's never good. That's never a good place to be for a team that has made consistent playoff qualifications such a sort of part of its identity. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it 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 ramps up the pressure. I think the good news is that the team's still at a point in the season where there's plenty of time to change things, plenty of time to uh, shift form, to ride the wave of both improvements in Minnesota United and things that may get, you know, happen or, or change for the worse in other teams as well, poor form other teams may enter um, obviously players coming in as well as, as an impact. So I, I think there's plenty of time for all of that to, to be changed uh, in Minnesota United's favor, but yeah, it's a, it's a difficult position to find yourself in about halfway through the year. And then they follow that up with a friendly on Wednesday at Allianz field against FC Kaiserlautern and I mean, Minnesota United, pretty dominant in friendlies, especially home friendlies uh, over over the last few years. And they continue that. It's a two to one win for the Loons. Um, you know, a, a pretty, you know, first choice starting 11 based off who was available for Adrian Heath. Obviously, that changed pretty quickly over the course of the match. And, you know, you just do that really to keep these guys fit and keep them in uh, engaged and and limit any rust that may accumulate over the week. But um, American international Terrence boy did open the scoring for the visitors in the fifth minute. That was, that was a name I had not seen in a <laughs> long time, Terrence boy. Uh, but he pops up as uh, scoring against Minnesota. That was actually kind of cool to see. I'm not going to lie. Uh, 21st minute Mender Garcia scores the equalizer, uh, starts with Reynoso with a really nice sort of pirouette move. And then he finds DJ Taylor on the flank. Taylor sends a really nice ball into Garcia, really good finish from the number nine as well. Um, maybe that hopefully maybe that it's an indicator of, of good things to come for, for Mender G. Uh, and then three minutes later in the 24th, Sing Ben scores to take the lead for Minnesota United off a really nice looping long ball from Reynoso. So you got a man of Reynoso in good form. You have players who could really use seeing the ball hit the back of the net in a game, accomplish that and Mender Garcia and Sang Ben. Um, there was a little bit of a lightning delay at halftime, but um, you know, you look at some of the guys who were able to get minutes in the, uh, in the second half of the Loons, Rory O'Driscoll, uh, Manuel Iwe, uh, Diogo Pacheco, obviously Devin Padelford, Zayden Bello. Uh, the list goes on and on. Bikai Debasi uh, getting a, a full 45 minutes. Um, you know, Britton Fisher, uh, a lot of good young names who may be impact players for this organization to come getting on the field in, in this kind of environment. That's, I think, what these friendlies are mostly for. Yeah. is you know trying to get some of your players who might be in not great form try to get them a little bit of confidence but also you know while a friendly isn't exactly the same intensity as a uh, as a, a, a regular season match as a league match as a cup match you know it's still something it's still more than training 
It's more than the training yeah. ground. It's more than 11 v 11 on the training pitch. It is still that next level and provides as close to a real game environment as these guys can get for the first team. Um, and it's really good experience for them nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, a friendly like this, and of course, it's interesting. There's a there's a very different dynamic for what these friendlies do for the MLS teams that tend to host them versus the often European teams that are playing them because, of course, the European teams are in preseason. The MLS teams are in midseason. Uh, but but I think for both teams, this is probably a, a really positive interaction for Minnesota United. Like you said, you get a good high-level, you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know, friendly, obviously, but, you know, a match, whether it's competitive in a league sense or not, a good competitive match with this team, you know, have a good crowd. Uh, actually, I was very positively surprised by the crowd. Um, also a good away crowd there, by the way, Yep. Um, for Kaiser Lauten. So uh, you, you have that energy to kind of help push the players forward, keep them motivated. Uh, in the first half, Minnesota United do a good job of, you know, putting together a good, essentially standard starting 11 group, putting them out there, seeing what they can do against uh, this team from a, you know, a very high level. Uh, the German second division is, is a, certainly a high level of the game. Yep. Um, they impress, I think, more often than not. They get two, uh, you know, a 2-1 lead by halftime, good goals. Uh, and then you get a second half to essentially have mostly your younger guys, a lot of your backups, some of them uh, MNUFC2 guys, go out there, see what they can do, um, give that, them that experience playing against players from this level from another part of the world. Um, you know, I, I don't know enough about Kaiser Lund to, to know player per player who are the headliners and who aren't, but they, you know, you, you got a sense that they were playing a good range of their guys. Um, mm-hmm. And so for, you know, the likes of uh, Pacheco or Iwe or, or, or Driscoll to be playing against those kinds of guys uh, is a great opportunity for the, the likes of Fred Emmings to be goalkeeping against those kinds of guys is a great opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think really everybody kind of got what they needed from this game. And I'm sure for Kaiser Lauten, they're you know happy to get their guys some minutes and and, and get that tour continuing and, and get ready for their season. But uh, yeah, so I, I think really everyone won to some degree in this one. Um, and yeah, I think it's a good follow-up to that draw with RSL in the sense that it gets guys some goals, gets a little confidence in the attack, which certainly the team needs. Yeah, and hopefully that confidence in the attack can uh, continue to uh, escalate for Minnesota as they officially announced the signing of Timu Puki, the Finnish international striker. Um, He was with Norwich City FC until last year, officially a free agent signing for Minnesota. Not sure the financial terms yet, but it is basically a two-year deal through June of 2025 with an option for Minnesota to keep him on through December of 2025. He will be a designated player. Um, as expected. And, you know, this was, this was rumored. This was basically assumed this was all but officially announced. And we got that official announcement on Tuesday. Uh, Dom, your, your, just your initial reaction to Timu Puki officially being signed, sealed and delivered for the Lions. It, uh, it feels like we have Christian Ramirez back. Uh, no, um, <laughs> no, this is, this is uh, a really awesome signing. I think, you know, I, yeah. you know obviously people, the, the only real asterisk anyone has ever had about this rumor was just the age thing. I think that's, from a short term, I think it's a great acquisition. Timo Pudi is such a talented player um, who, who's been playing at a high level for very long now. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do think that to some degree what, what stands out to me about the signing, just aside from the fact that they're acquiring, I think, a very talented striker who can help the team, is this feels like kind of the most profile 
at least in a while. I mean, obviously people have different opinions, but uh, most profile a signing from Minnesota United has had um, in the sense that this is a guy that is well known, particularly from his years in the Premier League, well known by, I would say, the greater sort of footballing world to some degree. Not everybody knows knows him, but you know, his, his uh, exploits with Norwich in the Premier League were a well-talked-about thing mm-hmm. in many, many countries and many, many scenes of football. And I, I do think that's a exciting thing for the team to do. It's just not something that the team has necessarily done. That, you know, to be fair, they, they've probably signed players that deserve a similar amount of attention, but don't mm-hmm. necessarily get it. You know, obviously, we've, we've brought in players from big clubs in South America, you know, uh, players with lots of European experience, Robin Lud, for example. But not necessarily guys that have quite that sort of name recognition. So uh, on that side of things too, I think it's a little exciting just to see the team dip into that, that part of the game. Um, but yeah, back to his actual role on the field. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he can mix with these guys, uh, particularly because we've seen some signs of, of a lot of the other attacking players sort of gain their groove back, obviously Emmanuel Reynoso with the team again playing as well. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, if he can get into this team soon, start having an impact, I know there's some some steps still remaining on that, but uh, I think if all of that can come together, it really bodes well for for Minnesota United's um, attack. He is in terms of the the time they signed him, the most marquee name from a world football standpoint that Minnesota United have ever signed. Um, from an American soccer standpoint, you could maybe argue if somebody's not really plugged into the world stage as much as they are just American soccer mm-hmm. specifically, you could maybe argue Ike Opara. Um, Ozzy Alonso at the time was a pretty big, obviously a pretty big signing too, but in terms from a world footballing perspective and how that name is known worldwide, Timu Puki is far, you know, by and large, the, the most marquee name and the most notable name Minnesota United have signed. And you know what? He's still pretty darn good. This is not a guy who's past his prime. He's might be on the back end of his prime, but I don't think this is a guy that's past his prime by any, any stretch of the imagination. Just two years ago, he scored double digit goals in the premier league. So, you know, this is a guy who knows what he's doing in front of goal, and that's what Minnesota United needs. Now, we made the Christian Ramirez remark uh, at the beginning of this, and I do want to find Adrian Heath's quote here because I found it very, very self-aware for yeah. Heath to, <laughs> to mention Christian Ramirez specifically because this seems like an argument that people on Twitter have been making that the club, the club and Heath have sort of sidestepped uh, in the past, but this is the quote from Heath uh, in the press release. Quote, I feel as though we've gotten that goal scorer we have been craving ever since Christian Ramirez left. He's a goal- Pookie is a gold standard, proven goal scorer. If you look at his record, he scored at a high level at every team he's played for. His goal scoring record in the Premier League, the Championship, and the Finnish National Team speaks for itself. End quote. It's true. Now, the argument against that is the Christian Ramirez trade opened up the doors necessary for Minnesota United to sign Aiko Parra, Ozzy Alonso, which directly led them to competing, uh, to kind of launch their competing window, if you will, in those twenty in the in the 2019 season, obviously into 2020 and 2021. Um, but at the same time, it's very easy to say that Christian Ramirez is easily the last true goal-scoring threat this team has had at the striker position. So again, found it very, very self-aware from, from Heath to actually make this that official statement in the official press release. This is not somebody asking him, hey, do you think this is the best goal scorer you've had since Christian Ramirez left? This was a quote from the actual press release itself. So I, I just found that very interesting. Dom, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, two things. First of all, uh, 
I, I have to imagine, I have to imagine, this might be me profiling Adrian Heath, but I have to imagine a guy of his background that he's self-aware enough to be in on the shithousery joke of him saying that in a press conference. And, and I applaud, I applaud him for that. That, Absolutely. that, that to me is like some masterful 4d chess with the, uh, the fan base. <laughs> um, that being said, yeah. I mean, on the more serious point of it, I think he's probably right. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, obviously ever since Christian Ramirez uh, left the team, there's been a lot of discussion just forever about that decision and the pros and cons of it. Of course, that money was used to invest in other parts of the, of the pitch that certainly helped the team in the, in the long term compete for, uh, for silverware. Um, and, 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 you know, so you can have your debate about, you know, what, whether that was good or not. I think, I think the, the serious truth positive of what, what he's saying here is that I don't think the real problem with Christian Ramirez's departure was that we decided to invest in other places. I think the problem was that we didn't replace him with someone that was re- ready to do that. Yeah. Uh, if you invest that money in, you know, your Ico Paros, your Alonzo's, et cetera, down the road, and you bring someone in that's more competent to be an MLS forward than we did, I don't think that there's really any argument it's a, it's a bad move. I think the only reason that it looks like a bad move is because he was replaced poorly. Um, mm. But that's a problem with the replacement, not necessarily with the departure itself. Correct. Um, it's not like the team was thriving prior to that move. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that that's sort of like the serious direction of, of a comment like that from Heath is to say, you know, that that was a lapse in judgment that we made. And I think we this is a solution to it that we've brought someone that is able to replace that, that uh, path that was tread by, by Christian Ramirez with this team. So, um, and yeah, I mean, if you're going to say that about anybody, Timo Puti of all the options that have come so far, seems like the one that could do that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, it was funny to, he- you know, when, when the news broke or, you know, when the press conference is happening and you see that comment, your first reaction is that that's just a funny thing for Heath to say, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's some genuine truth to that to just say, I think that we finally found uh, a person that fills that, that spot that we've kind of been struggling to fill for, for years. So I'm, 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 I, I'm hopeful that, that Heath is correct about that. So uh, how this plays out moving forward is Pookie still has to receive his, his visa and other proper paperwork in order to play and actually join in with the group from Minnesota United. Um, no timeline yet on when that expects to be done. And the the transfer window does need, even though it's a free agent signing, the transfer window does officially need to open before this can actually, like, before you can act, we can actually move forward here. So um, that happens July 5th, and then we'll see what his visa situation and, and how the paperwork stuff looks at that point. And that will obviously dictate when Timu Puki can make his official debut for Minnesota United. But he is in Minnesota. He is he has signed on the dotted line. And we are set to move forward with Timu Puki as the uh, striker for the rest of the season for Minnesota United and hopefully moving forward in the coming years. Um, another reported um, offer made for Minnesota United was to Tranmere Rovers of EFL League Two for defender Ethan Bristow. Now, left back is uh, uh, um, an area that Adrian Heath has told us straight up that he wants to he wants to add. Um, he wants to quote unquote provide some support for Kamar Lawrence. So 
uh, you know, theoretically anybody brought in would not be replacing Kamar Lawrence at left back, but more being a support depth piece. Obviously Lawrence has been away for numerous different things this year, whether it's family issues, whether it's, um, whether it's injury, uh, you know, nagging injuries as well. So obviously getting somebody there to fill that role. So Bakai Dabasi can maybe really truly play that true left center back role uh, for Minnesota as he returns. That seems to be the priority for Minnesota along the defense. Ethan Bristow sort of fits that profile. Very interesting to see League Two as the league that Minnesota are, are looking at. Um, you know, obviously you, when you look at potential impact players, you would expect obviously premier league championship, even league one at times, you're looking in the fourth division of England here. Did that surprise you as well, Don? Um, I don't know if it surprised me as much as surprised certain people. Uh, I, I mean, I, here's a, my, my stance on this is just when you're talking about someone that's as young as Ethan Bristow, yeah. uh, and you know, he's 21 now, but that's, you know, most of his playing time people are analyzing of course it was when he was you know 20 um maybe even 19 uh when you're that young to some degree where you're playing can come down to i mean things as simple as like geography yeah. like i mean you know so judging him by he happens to be playing with transmitter I, I i don't know if that means too much to me if he's 27 and he's playing there that to me is more indicative of his quality level. But 21 to me, that sounds like that could easily just be a guy that didn't quite cut an academy or, you know, all kinds of stuff. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of situations where a very, very talented 20 to 22 year old finds themselves in a lead two team. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's an interesting grab. I mean, to your point, potentially more of a long-term signing anyways to sort of uh, apprentice uh, the current options in that position and then maybe grow into it. In which case, again, the fact that he happens to be in a lead two team is not particularly relevant to me because it sounds like it might be a more long-term quality developing signing anyways. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's it's not a move that, you know, I was aware of there being any momentum towards until everyone heard about it. So it surprised me a little bit, I think, that we were looking at a 21-year-old left back at all. But uh, now that I see the profile, I think it's an interesting acquisition if the team can have done. And I, I think some... Some youth in the defense is, is always a good thing. They do have an open U22 spot to uh, Minnesota United, and that provides them some roster flexibility with a signing like this. Um, so it, it kind of allows it to be a, a low-risk, potentially high-reward uh, signing for Minnesota. And as we previously mentioned, this is not somebody who's coming in and expected to start over Kamar Lawrence, more of a, a depth option and somebody maybe they can nurture and curate to be uh, an impact player along that back line in the future. Um, another rumored uh, interest piece for Minnesota United is winger Ishmael Tajori Shradi. Um, he has uh, been training with the Loons as of late at the NSC and is set to join the squad pending medicals. That's per Andy Grader. Um, he is a left winger. He played in Cyprus the last couple of years. He does have MLS experience with Toronto and other clubs from like 2019 through 2021. Um, he's played in the MLS. So um, he has experience in this league. Uh, somebody who's probably looking to get back to this league. Um, I was honestly, I was surprised to see this. I kind of thought striker left back and they're going to you know, say a good, good window. Uh, but another winger potentially coming in. Dom, what do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's, it, yeah, like you said, it's, it's a player in a position that I think no one was quite um, thinking that much about, to be honest, in our part, part of the, of the scene. Uh, but, you know, it, it seems like a, a guy that has a good mixture of experience while still having a little bit 
of uh, well, youth is a strong word, but he's he's not 33. <laughs> uh, he's got a little bit of time, you know, in him, and um, has a lot of experience. Played, I, I saw he's played a couple teams in Austria in the first division in Austria. He's yeah, played for some MLS teams in Cyprus. Now it looks like he's actually also got a couple of international appearances with Libya. Um, so a guy with an interesting range of experience. Uh, I'd be curious to see what kind of long-term, what, what the term of the deal is in terms of, is this a guy they want to keep around long-term? Is this a guy they're looking to keep around one or two years? Um, little details like that, I think would be interesting just to, to see more of uh, with him joining the team. But, you know, a guy that brings an interesting range of experience, I think, you know, there's a lot of ways that can benefit the team, providing some depth um, in, in different positions. So, yeah, I mean, I... I I'd be very curious to see how he sort of um, mixes into this uh, roster. And this comes, I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that this comes as Robin Lud was officially put on the, uh, on, on the, what's the exact, hold on, let me find the right. Um, well, his 2023 season is over. Yeah. He was, he was put on the season ending injury list. There we go. That's the official term I'm looking for. Um, so he will, he will not be back with Minnesota at the, for the remainder of the season. That includes the playoffs if the Loons are able to make it there. So his season is over. So it makes sense that a, a winger is somebody they would be looking to bring in, um, just just a, an able body to sort of fill that spot and and provide some depth and maybe even compete for a for a starting spot potentially. So um, yeah, some some moves in response to some uh, some injuries and some um, unfortunate uh, circumstances for Minnesota. Um, not Loons related, but still kind of Loons related. Uh, this was rumored and reported in the past and has been officially confirmed as of today, as we're recording here on Thursday. The U.S. men's national team are hosting Omen in a September 12th friendly at Allianz Field. Good news, it won't be in February. So the And it's, it's mid-September. You can usually count on some decent weather in mid-September in Minnesota. So um, good timing there. In terms of uh, what the uh, you know what what things could look like from a forecasting standpoint, um, Omen might not be the sexiest team for the national team to play in this, but I still think it's uh, it's a good opportunity to see the Americans play, and I think any chance you can do that and not you know play in a below zero degree game, uh, you'll you'll take that if you're a Minnesotan. There's always a good turnout and always good support for the national team here for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, it's exciting that the national team's returning to Minnesota. Um, I was at the uh, Gold Cup games that they they played at Allianz uh, a while back, and that that was such a cool occasion. And it's, it's great mm-hmm. to see them uh, returning once again, uh, and, and in a better time of the year. Um, yeah, in terms of Oman as the opposition, you know, I, yeah, obviously this is not the most headline grabbing national team for the U.S. to be playing. I do think people are being a little overly negative. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. You know, I, a couple quick data points that I've already shared around a bit, but, you know, Oman missed out by one point for the playoff spot Australia got for Qatar. Uh, so they were very much in the mix to qualify for that tournament. Uh, I, I checked Oman has a higher FIFA ranking than like nine of the teams in the Gold Cup right now. <laughs> yep. Like, so like they're better than the teams we care about the U.S. playing right now. That's so, true. you know probably means something that the u.s is playing them probably shouldn't be uh, trashing them too much hey put uh, some respect on saint Kitts and nevis Dom. Yeah, okay. well, well the u.s put something else on them yesterday, <laughs> but, um yeah so you know well exactly though it's like people are hyping up a game against saint Kitts and nevis and they're shitting on a game against oman and that yeah numerically doesn't make any sense any yep. anyway uh so you know I, it's exciting it's exciting that the, the u.s national team's coming up here 
hopefully it's a good game. I'm sure the support will be good, especially because they picked a better time of the year to play. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Look, 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 looking forward to seeing how that game does. Look forward to learning more <laughs> about Oman, to be honest. Uh, and uh, and yeah, seeing how those two teams go against each other. You know what else can be an exciting, but also terrifying experience, Dom, <laughs> is buying and or selling a home. But luckily for you, the team over at Pence Homes is able to help you every step of the way with their knowledge of the market, their expertise. They're constantly monitoring things, constantly going through different trainings and things like that. So they can help you, you know, get your home, get your dream home within your budget and sell your current home for top dollar. The, you hear all these YouTube social media influencers, these these Twitter accounts that all they do is like 10 threads every single day. And they're going to tell you the market is one thing. And they're going to tell you the market is another thing. Here's what you need to know. The market is situational. It's circumstantial. It's based off your needs. It's based off your situation. It's based off your budget. So you don't really know what the market is and nobody can really know what the market is for you unless they get to know you and get to know your situation. And that's what the team at Pence Homes does. They take the time to know you. They take the time to know your situations, your wants, your needs, your desires, what what kind of home you want to get into, what kind of home you currently have. And that is what Pence Homes takes the time to learn about you so they can provide you with the best experience possible. Nate and his team, they have the technology. Again, they have the expertise and they take the time to walk you through the process in a way that takes as much of that stress off of your shoulders as humanly possible. So email Nate directly in ATE at pencehomes.com if you want to go ahead and get that process started or just check him out, pencehomes.com, P-E-N-T-Z, homes.com. If you're buying or selling in the Twin Cities or you're thinking about doing either one and you're listening to this podcast, I implore you, um, you will not be disappointed with your experience with Pence Homes. So hit them up, P-E-N-T-Z, homes.com. Big thanks to Nate and the team of Pence Homes for sponsoring the podcast this week. All right, Dom, let's jump into some lower league stuff now. I'm in UFC 2, drew St. Louis City, nil-nil in regulation, lost 4-3 to three on penalties uh, over this past weekend. Um, continues, uh, you know, they're, they're back to getting results. Obviously, they had a few losses in a row, the big win over Vancouver, um, two straight clean sheets through 90 for uh, MNUFC2. I think that's really positive as well, unfortunately falling on penalties, but points are points. You're going to get them on the road any way you can get, any way you can, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, a point on the road means a lot. And, and you know, unfortunately, it, it does feel like the the twos have been a little unlucky with a couple of these shootouts this season. Um, but, you know, that that's the nature of the league. Uh, I think, you know, you combine this result with then the amount of guys that had really positive cameos against uh, Kaiser Latin. And, you know, it, it sounds like a pretty good week to me. Um, so, you know, unfortunate the shootout didn't go their way. But really, aside from that one data point, uh, a, a pretty positive sort of week and a half of action, I think, for for a lot of those guys. Yeah, most definitely. And you look at, you know, defensively, um, you can see when this first team defense is in place, you know, the kind of impact they can make for sure. Um, and then, you know, you look at, you look at who's in goal, Alex Smear, his second start, five saves against St. Louis city to keep a clean sheet, two starts, two clean sheets for Smear after coming back off loan. So he's he's somebody who is you know seems to be in very very good form uh, in between the posts and just adding another element another quality goalkeeper to this very very like sneakily deep group 
of goalkeepers for yeah. Minnesota and M and yeah. UFC too. You know, so I mean, we've talked about you know when you when you take into account St. Clair, Irwin, Eric Dick, uh, Fred Emmings, Alex Smur, Will Polisic. You know, that's six guys who we have who we're following closely and have the potential who either are at that level or have the potential to be at um, a pretty elite goalkeeping level. Um, when you're talking about this whole loons organization as a whole. So Alex Smear continuing to kind of place his stamp and and on that role and continuing to make an impact between the posts is, is really good to see uh, for M and UFC too. Another big positive for them. Let me get back to my notes here. All right. We're going USL league two next, or excuse me, W league next Dom and uh, Aurora clinched the playoffs. They stay undefeated. It's a two nil win on the road against Bavarians. Um, you know, these, the, the clean sheets, we, we talked about clean sheets with uh, MNUFC too. Um, Aurora continued to be really good, both defensively and in attack. Um, this wasn't, you know, a, a huge blowout by any stretch of the imagination, but I think a, a really dominant start to finish performance from Aurora. Um, they really handled the game. They handled the tempo as they have really all season long. You never felt like this game was out of their grasp or they weren't in control of this one. And that's kind of what you want to see. I don't necessarily think the scoreline matters as much as are you handling the tempo? Are you dictating how the game goes? And I think whether matches have been one nil for Aurora or 10 nil for Aurora, they have really done that. I think pretty much in every match this season, they continue to remain undefeated and untied. Obviously clinching that conference championship is huge and, you know, playing in a couple of uh, pretty competitive matchups, I think will only help them as we previously mentioned uh, heading into that playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, they've been nothing but impressive this season. They, they've somehow found a way to, to at least some degree, one up uh, what was already really impressive last year. Uh, and and I, I think really with these last pieces that are being put together for the regular season, it's just about making sure this group is really locked in, really concentrated, mm-hmm. that you know you can rely on maybe some of the players that haven't been playing as much, uh, that you can – rely on this group to get over the line consistently week in week out and just get that winning motivation, winning mentality um, really, really burned into this group. Uh, I mean, obviously they're doing that, uh, but you know, it's, it's an important thing if you want to make that stretch uh, to the final, like they did last year. And if you want to capitalize on that opportunity in the final. So, yeah, I mean, again, it's just continues to be very impressive. I, I think, like you were, were kind of mentioning, I, I do think that people need to put a lot of attention on the defensive work this team uh, mm-hmm. has been doing this season. Obviously, there were a couple of games there where they conceded some some goals first. Um, but outside of those data points, I mean, this team has been really phenomenal defensively. Obviously, they're scoring a lot of goals too. But the amount of clean sheets, the amount of one-goal games that they've been able to fit in this season against teams that when they play everybody else clearly have talented attacks. Yep. Um, that that's really impressive to me that that's going to be a huge, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a cliche, but there's that concept that defense wins championships and uh, that, that to some degree is, is true in soccer. So um, very, very interested to see how that continues to, to help them through the season, how that looks when they're playing some higher level teams as well. But yeah, no, I mean, again, just continuing to impress, continuing to win uh, and continuing to look like a really phenomenal program. USL League 2, we go to that league now, and St. Croix suffered two big losses to Bavarians and Thunder Bay, so they continue to be on the outside looking in for the playoffs. It looks like it might be a Minnesota-less USL League 2 conference playoffs um, in terms of local teams. Uh, Minneapolis City do fall 3-1 to 
to Thunder Bay on Wednesday. Um, the air quality forced that one to be played indoors. Um, so no fans, uh, but there was a stream. So shout out to Minneapolis city and the people who are in charge of the, uh, of the facility there for getting that stream up and running. Uh, that was very cool to see, but the crows do lose three to one to Thunder Bay. Um, so it's looking like, you know, St. Croix, Minneapolis city, Rochester, neither of those three teams are, you know, looking playoff bound, at least at this point. But yeah. Dom, what are, what are your, some overall thoughts and feelings on USL league two, as we're kind of heading towards the end of the season here? Yeah, yeah, you know, unfortunately, yeah, all three teams, I mean, I I think technically it's possible that that maybe Rochester could, but you know, it the 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 chances are looking quite thin uh to make the playoffs, particularly because the two Canadian clubs have have really grown into the second half of the season, Thunder Bay and Manitoba. Um, you know, the 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 outlook I think for the rest of the year or the rest of the season, just a couple games, uh I'm blanking on the amount of games, but a few games for for all three teams still. I think it's really just to try and and get those incremental victories. Uh, if you're at Rochester or St. Croix and you've piled up a, a, a decent tally of points, I think you say, all right, we've got a couple games left. Can we at least, you know, push ourselves back into that outer playoff discussion? Can we at least get some good games against the teams that are in that conversation? Uh, you know, the day of recording, I, I believe uh, Thunder Bay are playing Rochester. We won't we won't know the result of that one, but that's an example. Rochester can approach that game and say, well, can we at least say that we give Thunder Bay a game today? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that's a realistic goal for both of those teams to look to for the rest of the seasons. What can we at least do to keep ourselves in the mix? Uh, for Minneapolis City, I, I think it's a little bit more um, trying to to build themselves out of the, the bottom part of the table a little bit. Bavarians have gotten some good results recently, which actually have those two teams tied on points. I believe City is above on goal difference. Um, so, you know, I, I think for them, the conversation maybe becomes a little bit, how can we get this team playing a little higher level and kind of push up a little bit on those mid-table positions and get in that mix? Um, I think that's completely possible with the games they have left. They do have the challenge of most of their games being on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, as has been proven in some of the recent results in, in this uh, conference, road road games can be a great opportunity to get results. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I think there's still plenty to play for for these teams. I think you know all these teams have uh, new coaches as well that that are going to be looking to get as much done this season as possible at a personal level. Yep. Um, and so I, I think that there's plenty to be excited mm-hmm. for for those fan bases. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, it does look like the three of them are going to be just sort of out of that perimeter for the playoffs with, with the two Canadian teams and RKC sort of dominating that picture. In PSL North Minnesota twin stars maintain a two point hold on fourth place ahead of joy athletic. As we head into kind of the final stanza of that regular season, uh, fusion get two wins last week, five, four against Sioux falls and three, one against Aris. They are firmly in second with 22 points. Med city, of course, third and any ground med med city could have, uh, you know, uh, gotten, this week um, that was thwarted by the air quality because uh, Duluth med city on Wednesday was uh, postponed. Um, I'm not sure if they set a new date for that, Dom, did you, have you seen anything yet? As uh, I, don't, here? I don't believe that there's a, a public date yet. Um, okay. I do know that that postponement is going to, is going to be a difficult one. Um, yeah. So, so this weekend um, those teams weren't playing. This was essentially going to be a weekend off for teams. Uh, and so, you know, the game I suppose could be played this weekend. I think that might be, there might be issues personnel wise with the availability for that. Uh, when you have a planned sort of week off um, mm-hmm. for your rosters. 
Um, and then otherwise they could, you know, they have that's weekend, the weekend after this weekend, where they already have a game. Um, yeah. They could potentially fit something midweek. I'm not sure. Um, obviously there's a certain, you know, extent they, they can only push the game so far. So yeah. we will probably know pretty soon. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that uh, unfortunately it's a, it's a bit of a, uh, odd situation. Uh, frankly, Med City, you know, with, with the one that needs that game probably a little bit more in terms of whether or not they can use it to get a better seating for the playoffs. Um, Duluth obviously already had that position locked in, although I'm sure they would like to make sure that they uh, stay undefeated. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. Um, but uh, but in the meantime, interesting interesting things happening with that fourth place. Obviously, particularly Twin Stars enjoy kind of the team's battling back and forth for that one twin stars very much in the lead right now. And, and, you know, getting that spot means having a chance to do something in the playoffs, which I think would be a big opportunity for both teams. Uh, and Dakota fusion, you know, uh, however much worth you put in that second seed, I think that there's a certain amount of, of, of worth in it. it. It, you know, my understanding is the the upper seeds in those matchups would get the home game. So gives Dakota fusion a little extra bump in that semifinal. Uh, to give themselves a, a good shot at qualifying for that conference final, um, a game I'm sure they would love to to, to make. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll be very happy with the points they've gotten. They've survived some crazy games this week. They won a game 5-4 at Sioux Falls, I think. Um, it's a bizarre kind of game. And then Sioux Falls, the next game, won 6-1 against Joy. So a lot of goals coming from Sioux Falls. Unfortunately, only get one win out of it, but that's 10 goals uh, in two games in about seven days. So, uh, yeah, a lot, lot going on. Unfortunately, not a lot going on with Duluth and Med City this week, but um, a lot going on in the MPSL North, particularly in that sort of second to fifth place battle that's that's raging. Yeah, that's going to be the one to keep an eye on. Twin Stars and Joy in the, in the, yeah. down the stretch here um, for, that, for that battle for fourth. Uh, WPSL, Minnesota Thunder now just two points off of securing the regular season title. Um, so they are close to capturing another crown there. Um, UPSL though, let's talk about this. Let's go in depth here. Conference semifinals. We get Minneapolis city futures topping Flora three nil and then St. Croix beating superior city four to one. So it's Minneapolis city, St. Croix, two teams with USL league two footprints, um, and two teams with their, this is sort of their second team, if you will. Um, they are in the conference final and that's to be played on Saturday, uh, in Stillwater. Uh, Dom, your thoughts on the semifinals and, and how we might see this final play out? Yeah, two really interesting games. Um, the Minneapolis City Valora game was uh, a somewhat one sided one. It was probably the most dominant result. Minneapolis City's down over Valora, yep. um, maybe ever. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it was 2 0 at halftime, uh, opening goal from Kamel 2 and um, Carter Hermanson, uh, and then two with the, the third goal in the second half. Um, really good play from City, just, you know, doing what they've done best this season, which is playing really good soccer at this level. Um, just really emphasizing that young talent uh, did very well to just sort of control the game against a Valora side. That's a lot of experience, but didn't quite have the attacking edge it needed to get a foothold in this game. Uh, and uh, and so they get, they booked their ticket. The St. Croix game was interesting. That game was actually 1-1 at halftime. Yeah. That game was pretty tight in the first 45. And in the second half, I think you saw... Um, a little bit of St. Croix's energy just sort of emerge out of the fog. Uh, and, and Superior City just struggled a little bit to keep up with that in the later stages of the game. St. Croix gets some, some big goals, get a big win at home uh, that, that they should be very happy with. And, yeah, it sets up a very interesting final between these two teams who, like you said, have senior sides that have fought uh, back and forth in USL League 2. 
they now get a chance to do that again um, in the UPSL. And it's worth noting the regular season game between these two teams. Is, of course, teams play each other once in the regular season in the UPSL. was mm-hmm. a crazy game. Yes. Saint, it was at Edward Nelson. St. Croix led <laughs> 2-0 at halftime. And then City came back and won 3-2. Yep. Um, and I think the last goal was in extra time as well. I'm not, I'm not sure on that one. But it was definitely very late. Um, so, you know, if that's any sample size for what this game's going to be like, it's going to be pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how these two teams match up really competitive sides, really good attacks, really good defenses on both sides. Uh, whoever, you know, two things, one, you know, obviously whoever makes a final are the teams that are supposed to make a final, but I think it's fair to say that these are the two teams that probably should be in this final. Correct. Um, they've, they've played kind of the highest level of, of, of soccer. I think we saw this year in this, in this conference, um, just the depth of their squads, the talent that they're they're bringing to the UPSL. I think this is probably what was bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I, yeah, I think it's a really fun game uh, to know that we have coming up. I think it's the, probably the best way to decide this this conference. And whoever wins this, I think, is going to be a, a, a proper menace in the regional, national competitions that they'll they'll have afterwards. And then UPSL Division One, uh, it was sort of the the battle for first place in the uh, at the top of the table. A, if there was ever a regular season championship game, this was this was it. Eighteen twenty six Academy blanks Patel one nil to secure the first place spot in Division One. They will earn promotion to the Premier Division next year. And I believe Dom, we've already established that uh, it's going to be Maplebrook. Is it Maplebrook who? Maplebrook and Granite City. This is my understanding. This is what I've been told. Maplebrook and Granite City are both going to be moved to Division One next year. They have been relegated. 1826 have earned promotion through the regular season. The other promotion spot will be the team that wins the playoff tournament. If that is the same team, then I believe the runner-up of the playoff tournament gets promoted. Here's so, my here's my follow up question right here on the podcast. Yes, does Division One get a qualification spot for the Super Cup? I don't Are believe sure? so. Okay, okay, I don't that's all. I, so. Okay, that's what I wanted to. That's I had I had no idea. I'm sure if anybody was plugged in enough to have that information, it'd be you, Dom. Uh, but uh, interesting. So I mean, cool little local promotion relegation going on. Obviously, you would yeah. get it in the MASL at all four divisions, which is fantastic for that, for that league and that structure. I think that's really cool to see. Uh, but now we get it in the UPSL as well between division one and the premier division. So congrats to 1826 Academy uh, for earning that promotion to the premier division for next season. All right. Now it's time to finish things off. Like we always do, Dom, it is our picks time presented by better edge, B E T T O R edge.com slash loons gets you. $20 in your account. Basically $20 of free play when you go. It's a betteredge.com slash loons. So it looks like Minnesota United are very, very slim favorites at home, plus 112. So basically almost a one-to-one bet if you're betting Minnesota United. You get the same amount back that you bet in if you bet Minnesota United. Timbers plus 225 um, as underdogs in this one on the road at Allianz Field. And the over-under, as always, is two and a half goals. Dom, I see the look on your face. You seem a little torn. I'm going to put you on the spot and make you make a decision. Well, I just wish that it wasn't such a boring pick. But, uh, I mean, like I, I, I'm pretty optimistic about Minnesota United in this game. Mm-hmm. So I, I would go with them. It's, just, I, it's too bad the math isn't very exciting on that one. 
But uh, but I I think you looked at the last couple of games. I feel like there's a certain amount of momentum with this team, even if you know the new guys probably aren't going to be involved or anything like that. Um, I think there's a certain amount of momentum with this team at home with this game. I I have a good feeling about Minnesota United winning this one. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a lot of goals, but I think the Minnesota United will win. I am going under two and a half goals. I am not getting on the train. Uh, you know, I'm not. I don't see Minnesota necessarily continuing to to pour goals in uh, and get another crooked number like they did at RSL. Um, but I'm going under two and a half. Um, I think this has you know one 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 nil, yeah. maybe two nil uh, written on it. But um, yeah, I just I don't think we're going to see many many goals. Franco Fragapane is going to be likely out of this one uh, with an injury. So. Um, minor one, not anything that's going to hamper him, hopefully for the rest of the campaign, but he is likely not to play on Saturday. I think that might, might affect things. So I am going under two and a half goals in this one. Dom is picking Minnesota to win. Whether you agree or disagree with us, head to betteredge.com. Again, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com and uh, go to betteredge.com slash loons or go to betteredge.com and use code loons, L-O-O-N-S, when you sign up and you will get that $20 free play, and then we will get a little bit of credit back to us from the folks at Better Edge. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Dom, any last words to send the people into their weekend? Um, yeah, sure. So some something that actually, I think this actually happened before we recorded the previous episode, but it was just like very, the proximity of it, I didn't think to mention it. But um, a while ago, like a, whatever it was, maybe a week and a half ago, I went to uh, the Corona Fe had like a college ID uh, camp that they were doing out in St. Paul, uh, just, you know, basically doing practices and skirmishes uh, with current players and some coaches, create some data and some footage to help um, interacting with colleges. And uh, it was really fun. And it just made me think about, you know, some of the kids there were, were young. Uh, I mean, were yeah. you know, not, these weren't all, high school seniors, you know, that some of them were on the younger side. And uh, I mean, there were some real ballers in that group. I mean, some of these kids, I was blown away and I was also blown away, frankly, how young they were to be playing as well as they were. And um, it was really impressed. And it just emphasized to me, I think that, you know, the whole point of, of what Kyle is trying to do with the Karen and there's certainly other organizations, other people try to do it with other groups. Um, in Minnesota, but you know, it, it's just so important to make sure that there's an olive branch for people to have a chance to, yep. to prove themselves. Because I mean, I'm again, some of these kids, I was so impressed, but without some of this help for whatever reason, there's a whole list you could explore depending on each player, but a lot of times they're just not even going to get that footage in front of anybody. Um, and not every college scout is scouting, you know, insert, metro high school um mm-hmm. so you know a lot of these kids just just miss the 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 window um and that's unfortunate but so it, it's it's great that there's organizations out there trying to fix that but i think it's something to, to keep in mind just as the general public of, of the soccer community in any place in this case in minnesota um to just remember that whatever amount you can facilitate that might not be much uh, but just to to think about that, that there's probably some some guys out there. There's probably some some Eways and O'Driscolls out there who just for whatever reason aren't going to get seen unless someone helps them get seen. Um, and I was just thinking about that, you know, at, at at Como High School, watching these kids play, and they're just so fantastic. 
um, that it's it's so important that people who are able do what they can to try and help these guys um, get that exposure, know how to who to talk to, how to talk to them. Just basic things like that can can change their lives and at, at the very least help them, you know, pursue secondary education and, and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that, I, I was thinking about that and I certainly encourage people to to think about it as well and think about how they can help with the accessibility of, of opportunity on, on that side of things. Can't think of a better way to end things than that. He is Dominic Jose Bazonio. I'm Jeremy Rushing. Big thanks to Pence Homes and Better Edge, our sponsors this week. Big thanks to every one of you for listening. And if you want to go to that next step and directly support what we do, again, patreon.com slash soda soccer. You can support our work for as low as $3 a month. Don't forget, post loons coming your way Saturday night following Portland and Minnesota United. It will be my co-host, Dominic Jose Bazonio on that one with Eli Hoff. So make sure you're tuning in for that. Your questions, your comments, live post-game reaction from Dom and Eli Saturday night following MNUFC and the Timbers. Till then, until next Friday, have a great weekend, everybody. He's Dom. I'm Jeremy. We'll chat soon. Bye.